Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Ben Curran. He's the founder and CEO of Green Bits. Green Bits is a retail management and compliance platform for the legal cannabis industry. And Ben himself is an entrepreneur and product leader who's passionate about using his technical skills to build great businesses, products, and agile engineering teams. Ooh, agile, one of my favorite words. Welcome to the show, Ben. (laughs) Thanks, Bethany. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Um, So let's let's get to know you. Let's let's hear more about your background and work experiences uh, before launching Green Bits and, and getting involved in this wild and wacky cannabis industry. Great. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, I've always been kind of a nerd. I've always liked to take things apart and build things. I was uh, in in college. I was actually an aerospace engineer, and then I went to software engineering, uh, mainly just love to build things. And I've also been very entrepreneurial. So, um, you know, like I was part of the late in the late 90s in San Francisco, there was the whole dot com boom. I was actually uh, part of that. I always say uh, I was a 19 year old at 19, 20, 21 given way too much responsibility, <laughs> learned a ton of stuff during that time period. Yeah. But, you know, so the, from that time, um, I joined Intuit, which is best known for, you know, uh, like QuickBooks, they build payroll software payments. So I worked on a lot of those products. But really, since that, like three years stinted into it, I've been pretty much on my own. I had a consulting business. I started a company called Outright. We raised over $15 million. I ended up selling that to GoDaddy. It's now called GoDaddy Bookkeeping in a uh, over a million businesses use that today. Wow. And then uh, in 2014 is kind of when I uh, left GoDaddy and I was starting to think what I was going to do next. And, and that's when I ended up starting GreenBits. Gotcha. Okay. So starting GreenBits, obviously there's a, there's a technical uh, software side to it as a retail management and compliance platform. What, what about getting involved in cannabis and the cannabis movement. I mean, it's still federally illegal when you started your business. And even today, were you, were you nervous or how did that happen? How did you decide, Oh, cannabis, I think I'll build software for the cannabis industry. Yeah. So at the time, you know, I was kind of exploring different ideas. So I had lots of different ideas. Um, one of them that came on my, uh, you know, came on my, uh, to my attention is cannabis and, you know, one of the things I'm really passionate about and, and I spent most of my career on is actually using my technical skills to help business owners succeed, right? So if you think of like, if you think of Intuit and QuickBooks, it's like accounting, I've done payroll, I've done payments. So a lot of this like back, you know, stuff in the, in the back, but ultimately it helps, you know, people um, start their own businesses. And I think of it as kind of level the playing field. Like we should, you know, I think everyone in the U.S. should be able to start a business easily. And so that's what I'm, I'm very passionate about. 
and the cannabis industry, when I looked into it, it just exemplifies this, right? Like it's, it take a small business type mindset and then put on all of these compliance and all the tricky pieces inside the cannabis industry that you have to navigate. And you don't have at the time, especially, right? There was no uh, tools to really help anyone. And to me, I was like, I actually thought I was like, man, my whole career was like, uh, <laughs> you know, prepared me for this moment almost. Like it was just like my <laughs> calling. I was super excited. And, um, and, and that's how I could bring um, pretty much my skills to help this industry and really just like help everyone else succeed as much as possible while building a business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need it because there's, there's plenty of compliance and regulations to wrap our heads around. And, you know, even, even those other functions like HR and payroll, these are, these are tedious and, and boring, if you don't mind my saying, for, for the entrepreneurial mind. And you, you want to get to running your business. You want to be forward thinking, but you have to do all this kind of tedious work involved on, on the back end. So the more technology, that's out there to help with these functions of a business, um, the more opportunity there is basically. Oh yeah. Now you're speaking my language. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> how I think about it. Right. Is, um, so, um, you know, and that's really what green bits is doing. Right. And, and that's what, you know, I always kind of look at that as like, if you are started a cannabis business, you know, it's very rare you talk to someone they're like, why'd you start the business? Oh, because I'm passionate about payroll, <laughs> like <laughs> passionate about all this compliance stuff. That's just like the side effect. They're passionate about like helping people, helping patients, bringing new products to market, educating the market. Those are the exciting things. So that's what GreenBits is trying to do, right? So when we look at like, well, what solutions are we going to provide, whether it be software or services, it's really around that is to say, hey, how do we um, kind of lower the bar for them, right? So like one of the key things that, that we built our original product was really automating compliance. And I'm sure anyone in this industry has heard of seed to sell tracking, mm -hmm. uh, knows about like complex transaction limits. Um, you have to track patients and how much you're allowed to dispense in a given period of time. And then if, if you're a multi-state operator, those rules are different everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the very first thing that we built and what in 2014, what I saw like, wow, this is like, if we could build this, I could see this helping a lot of people. And we kind of really pioneered that. We were the first to work with metric, biotrack and leaf. Um, and then we've had a lot of uh, people come and, and start doing that as well. And so we've kind of like, uh, you know, after we have that, we're, we, we now kind of shift more towards, hey, how can you operate your business more efficiently? And so, you know, that's thinking through like, how can you make the experience for customers? Like how can, when someone comes in and you check them in, you check their ID, um, they're purchasing, how can you eliminate, uh, you know, some of the details on, you know, checking IDs versus how much am I allowed to dispense? How do you kind of hide that stuff? So then bud tenders can actually focus on, on a customer experience rather than mm -hmm. dealing with all these complex rules. And then lastly, we're really working on helping them grow their business, right? So those are things like, hey, isn't it kind of mundane and tiring to like, it, your menu changes all the time, what's in inventory? Do you really want to go to six different websites and update your menu? So we kind of automate those, loyalty, online sales, like that kind of stuff. So really all of those pieces kind of behind the scenes that enable you to deliver an amazing customer experience while being compliant at a high transaction throughput, that's what we're really happy about. And that's what we spend our time on. Totally get it. And to, to throw some astrology in the mix, as a Virgo, I really enjoy taking chaos and streamlining it and making it simple. So everything you're saying makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah, you just have to learn how to write some software and you can come join the team. <laughs> Word. <laughs> um, so speaking of the team, you're the founder and CEO of GreenBits. 
Um, so your company founded in 2014. What's what's the growth been like? What's your day to day like? What's going on with the company now as we head into 2020? Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy ride. This is the furthest um, and the largest I've taken a company to date. So we're right around um, 100 employees. Um, we've grown, we're now, um, you know, so we kind of divide the world into the medical, you know, medical only states and then recreational medical. And when you put the states where it's rec and medical, we're now the number one provider. Um, we're tied us wide. So we run about 30% of the whole industry and like through our point of sale. So through our cash registers that we provide to our customers, we process over $3 billion a year. It goes through our, uh, through our cash registers, um, every single year. It's a lot of zeros. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, so it's, it's been, um, pretty intense. You know, we've had years of tripling the team size. Like one year we, we grew literally, uh, you know, from 15 to, um, like 60 people. Yeah. Lots, lots of crazy growth and just keeping up, keeping up with it, funding the business. So yeah, it's been a wild ride. And, and what's crazy is I, I really think we're still at the beginning phases, which, which is kind of insane. Exciting and scary at the same time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think this whole industry kind of feels that way when, when that fast scaling starts to happen. And um, it's exciting because you're being, because you're successful, but you have to manage that scaling up, which that's definitely something that's come up in some other podcast interviews I've done with some other NCIA members for sure. Oh, yes. Uh, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. But if you're listening, I encourage you to fill out, let me know how you like the show, what you like hearing, and any other suggestions, and maybe a little bit about you too. The survey can be taken at www.thecannabisindustry.org slash podcast. So please take that survey. We'd love to hear from you. All right, we're going to take that quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back to talk more with Ben Curran from GreenBits. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Uh, you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Welcome. 
I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. We're talking with Ben Curran, the founder and CEO of GreenBits. So I would like to start by talking about medical cannabis laws across various states. Of course, medical uh, began before adult use. Um, I'd also like to talk about those 21 and older adult use cannabis laws and the type of changes and regulatory challenges involved in moving from a medical-only market, like like Colorado, which was medical-only for a while, and then it exploded into a larger adult-use market. So I'm curious what your thoughts are around all that in general, and then the, the challenges companies have when you're facing that transition and, and how to do it well. Great. Yeah. So I think... Um, you know, we've participated in about six states now uh, through this transition, wow. and there's a couple. There's a couple things that you know um, we we see over and over again. So one of them, a, a lot of times when you're going from medical to rec, they start introducing the seed to cell tracking. That's not always like sometimes medical already had it, and then it goes to rec. So that's less of a big change. Um, that would be like, for example, uh, uh, Nevada. But mm-hmm. a lot of other states, like California, didn't have it. So, um, so introducing seed to cell tracking—that's that's one of the things. And, and what that really means is you have to track inventory much more tightly than you're used to, and you have to report it on a near real basis to the government. So, anytime inventory moves in your store, you have to report that to the government, and then you have to report that to the government not by what the product is, but what plant it came from. So it's very <laughs> tricky. It's yeah. A tricky situation. <laughs> And that's the first one. Like you really have to have tight inventory controls and tight in a very good way of translating between like these kind of serial numbers that the government gives versus the way you think about it. That that that's like the that's the first main aspect. It's a, that's a big one. Yeah, seed seed to sale tracking is is a little intimidating for for these markets that didn't have them. Yep. And then what, what also what happens is you have to start rethinking the customer experience. Like I've worked with a lot of dispensaries. Like I remember in Washington, it was the first store in this, uh, the first store that opened in Washington was a customer of ours. And, you know, they, they, they were touring all the different states on how medical worked. And so when they first opened the store, they, they were like, they're going to have a waiting room. You were going to check in, but it's recreational and recreational actually has different types of ex- uh, a d- different customer experience. Like uh, a lot of them expect to come into a room not, you don't have to check in as much because you're just checking an ID. You don't have to register as a patient, for example. So thinking through, from, kind of from the bottoms up, like thinking through how do I want to deliver this experience for our customers um, and streamline that as much as possible versus just going, hey, this is how we did it before. So this is how we're doing it now. I actually think you, you should really go back and start rethinking what that looks like because there's ways of smoothing it out and providing a much better experience for your customers. That's really good advice. Yeah, thank you. Um, and speaking of working with those dispensary owners and in the retail environment, um, I'm sure you've gotten to see lots of ways these companies work to stand out to get their share of the market so they can get those long lines in the door, I guess. Um, but sometimes there's 
there's a neighborhood where there's 12 different stores within half a mile of each other because of zoning, which that, that's a whole nother topic. But <laughs> um, so, so there's lots of competition out there in some neighborhoods. And I wonder what advice you might have for those dispensary owners to stand out and have the long line coming out their door. Exactly. Yeah. So if you think of the kind of what's happening here, right, the environment goes from typically um, not as, you know, not as heavily regulated. So now it becomes very regulated. And then and then at the same time, you're going to increase the number of people coming to your store. Right. So you might have well just tripled or quadrupled the number of transactions per day. Right. Um, And then at the exact same time, you're having competitors pop up all around you. Like that's the environment that that uh, (laughs) that that they're living in. And so. Um, on, on the competitor side, like you really have to up your game. Like think of it from a customer's point of view, they're going to say, Hey, um, which store am I going to visit? So what products do they have, um, you know, on, on the shelf? Like, do they carry the best products? But then also do you have knowledgeable staff? Um, what's the experience when I come into the store? Is it efficient? Can they answer my questions intelligently? So there's all of those basic things. There's also some, um, some pretty traditional retail tools that, you know, you've seen in a lot of places like in traditional retail, things like loyalty, right? So reward your customers to come back to you, not to someone else to say, hey, if you come to us, you're going to earn, come buy from us, not someone else because you earn points and then eventually you'll get something free. You can do um, like various email marketing, like email and SMS marketing to your current customer base to remind them that you're there, tell them what's happening, keep a good dialogue with them. We've seen some stores do really interesting things like bring in um, bring in um, growers, right, of particular brands, like come in and meet the growers themselves, right? So building those experiences to attach them to your brand. So they're going to go to your store, not your competitors. Um, and then it's also really important to have a good strategy on acquiring new customers, right? And so this is where you'll, you'll see, you know, people like on the Leafly and the Weeb Maps and Dutchy, for example, people um, doing billboards. You're always trying to build that awareness to get people in. Mm-hmm. And you want to make it really easy and efficient to buy, right? Like you don't want to create friction on buying from you. So the more it could be like, hey, you can order online, then pick it up. You can text it. You can call it. You can come in the store. You can like all of those options. While it adds complexity to you, will differentiate you and will make it a, in, in a way where it's like, hey, customers are going to want to come to you because it's easier for them to buy and they can buy the, the way they want to. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I see in the key, the key, key uh, stores that are growing and taking business from other people. That's what they're doing, and they're doing that at scale, highly efficient. Yeah, that makes perfect for. Great, great advice. Um, there's there's quite a few challenges, um, whether you're medical or an, an adult use market. Um, so, of course, one of those big challenges is consistent banking access and not only getting and keeping uh, financial account services like checking accounts, having the ability to pay your company's bills, getting your employees payroll um, those are those are just fun- daily functioning, but also loans are difficult to get for a lot of these direct to plant companies that would allow them to invest further in their own business. So, I mean, of course, we know the Safe Banking Act has passed out of the House of Representatives, and we're now waiting for the Senate to take it up. Uh, so we're waiting, but let's 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 talk about all that cash flowing around the industry, which we know is a public safety issue. And, and how we as an industry have found ways to manage it over the years. Yeah, so 
you know, I, I've been to lots of dispensaries and, and they'll show me kind of how they manage their cash and their safes, right? So, you know, like literally having safes and then ledgers when they take money in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our early customers told me a story, like he lived up in um, in Colorado in, in the mountains and he had to pay taxes and he literally had to drive about $250,000 in cash in his car in a box down into Denver to pay taxes. Um, one of the big things for us, since we have that $3 billion plus dollars a year going through our um, our point of sale, um, you know, it's a really good choke point where you turn electronics. Traditional retail would have almost 60 to 70% of transactions would be via a credit card or some electronic means. And in this industry, you're talking, you know, and then only 30% cash. And this industry is 100% cash. So while we do give advice and we have our software has really good ways of tracking cash and, you know, and all the pills and so we have a lot of like software features around that. The real long-term goal that you know we're pushing for is things like the Safe Banking Act, and then building relationships with banks, which we've already done. I've built payment products in the past, and what we're really doing is trying to say, hey, let's have a way of turning this electronic. And now, once money flows in electronically, you can pay people electronically. Start removing cash from the system. So. Nice. We have a long-term agenda on that. We've worked on NCI lobby days and everything on these types of things. Um, and it's, it's something that we continue to put resources into and we're uh, very passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely hoping to see some positive movement out of the Senate. It is, it is a little bit of a tougher cookie over there, but um, we, we, we did very well when we pushed the safe banking act through the house. I think we got, almost 20 additional votes needed in order to pass. So that was great. Um, So this banking issue just continues to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And we see like banks, like behind the scenes and payment providers talking and in figuring out how to work here too, where in 2014, it was much less like that. Like you couldn't even talk to a banker about this. Now it's very opposite. They're actually trying to figure it out. Like, how can we do this? And they're excited about it. Sure. Yeah, they're warming up to it for sure. Whereas, like you said, they wouldn't touch us with a 20 foot pole for sure. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take our last commercial break here and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat with Ben Curran of GreenBit. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! 
presents only on Cannabis Radio. Sweet Sativa. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and we're speaking with Ben Curran from GreenBits. Um, in the last segment, you mentioned, well, we got, a, we got to talking about banking, and we got to talking about legislation like the Safe Banking Act, and you mentioned NCIA's Lobby Days and your involvement in the past. Thank you so much for participating in Lobby Days. That is... Although there's, you know, some networking and you get to hang out with your industry peers, that's that's really the event that NCIA does every year where our members are hoofing it through all those House and Senate buildings and running to meetings to meet with these congressional staffers to tell your story. It's, it's very much professional citizen lobbying uh, in order to advance our industry in every lobby days. We come back and then we we watch over the next few weeks to see how many more co-sponsors we get from the meetings we had based on the legislation that we're supporting. And it's pretty exciting. And every year it's it's incredible to see the building of support. So I hope to see you and your team and any other NCIA members listening at Lobby Days in 2020, which will be in May. Uh, the 19th through 20th, I believe. I'll have to double check those dates when we announce. Um, but yeah, thanks for attending Lobby Days. Um, are, did you have any experiences this last or in recent years that you could share? Yeah, I mean, so um, it, it's it's the first time I've actually been to Washington, D.C. Um, I've been twice to NCIA, NCIA Lobby Days. And then last year, our compliance officer went. And this year, our compliance officer will go again. Excellent. Um, just meeting with the actual um, – it, it's really interesting when, when meeting with um, – a senator and to understand like them and their staff, like how little they actually understand about the industry and the struggles and then some of the benefits, um, you know, that these states have seen uh, when they legalize. So simply having the dialogue from, you know, from first uh, hand experiences really helped. You see like uh, they really engage, like even people that aren't for the legalization, it's really an amazing experience um, and, and to share the experiences. And you'll see, even if you might not even turn them at all, they still have a new appreciation for what's going on. And I think they become more educated on things like the Safe Banking Act, where maybe they don't want federal legalization yet, but maybe a little bit on the banking starts to make sense to them. So um, Mm. I I, I can't, uh, yeah, I I couldn't endorse it more. It's an amazing experience. So if people have not gone, I would definitely uh, highly recommend trying that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great example of, you know, sometimes we we just want to flip the switch and everything be federally legal and perfect tomorrow, but truly the process is incremental change 
um, especially with some of these um, older guard members of Congress that are going to need more time and more convincing. So I think I think that's great advice. Even if you can move someone who isn't pro cannabis on something like the Banking Act or 280E or or what have you, or Veterans Access, even um, I think it, it all adds up at the end of the day. Yeah, and when um, you see movements in the past, that's how they—that's how you win them, right? You grind them out day in, day out, continuing <laughs> to points, using those as a foundation for the next points, and that's what it takes. And that's that's what it's going to take to build the industry that we want over the next ten years. You know, absolutely. So lobby days for sure, uh, something to do. And um, our next conference will be in Boston in February. It's our Northeast Cannabis Business Conference. Uh, that website is northeastcannabisbusinessconference.com. Uh, I'd recommend getting your early bird ticket prices before prices go up. Um, and another thing that we have been asking people, because later in 2020 will be NCIA's 10-year anniversary as an organization. We were founded in 2010, and a lot's happened in 10 years. So just kind of this big picture question, Ben, where were you 10 years ago? And could you imagine you would be where you're at now and where the industry is? And then also turn and look to the future and tell me what you think or what you hope the industry will be 10 years from now in 2030. Great. Yeah. So let's see. So in 2009, so I, I mentioned that last company I had that was called Outright. So that was started in 2008. And in 2009, we actually raised a series A round of financing, which, you know, for tech terms, like we raised around $10 million. And it was oh, wow. from Sequoia Capital, which is a very well-known VC, you know, like did Facebook, Google and things like that. So um, and we were just scaling. It was really the first business I had where I raised outside capital from an investor and then we were growing so lots of learn <laughs> learning a lot of things at that time from a technical uh, software engineer still uh, they're definitely using a lot of those skills today <laughs> yeah like you said when you started <laughs> green bits it's like you had been waiting your whole life yeah. for all of your skills to come and culminate for this one moment <laughs> yeah and I think 10 years from now is really interesting because when you see, you know, the reports like, you know, uh, you know, the industry growing from, you know, uh, now like 15 to 20 billion to, you know, now I see estimates of like 85 to $90 billion industry. And I think you're going to see for sure, you know, federal legalization in the U.S., but I think many additional countries you're going to see legalization in first world countries and as well as second and third world. Um, so I think you're, you're, that will just be the movement that continues. And I think people will start having a different perception in society about cannabis. Like it, instead of, you know, um, if you think of the way alcohol has gone, you know, through society, I think cannabis will become more more normalized. Um, hopefully it doesn't have the same pitfalls of uh, like alcohol. But I think that's what you're going to start seeing. Um, I think alcohol use will likely continue to go down. And I think that's mm -hmm. why you see alcohol companies continuing to come in industry. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate that insight. Well, we'll see how things go in 2020 and, um, you know, maybe a few years from now, we'll be working at the international global cannabis industry association. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And if any of any of the listeners are interested in learning more about green bits, they can go to greenbits.com. Um, 
and, and learn a lot more, or they can call 877-420-7628. And we have lots of resources just about the industry, not just about GreenBits. So um, we're, we're here to educate the industry as well as build a good software. That's great. Appreciate it so much. And thanks again for your membership with NCIA. Um, all right. Well, we have run out of time today. So thanks to our listeners. And thank you, Ben, for being on the show. Um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.